Greetings and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that Jesus illustrated acceptable Sabbath behavior by healing a crippled woman on the Sabbath? When referring to her, he used a term that appears only once in our entire Bible, daughter of Abraham. This was a striking term for its focus on women. Son of Abraham appears twice in our New Testament. The gospel according to Luke alone described this incident. Luke paid special attention to stories involving women as they related to Jesus' ministry, even more so than the other gospels. This Digging Deeper will examine this account of the daughter of Abraham providing a vital lesson concerning acceptable Sabbath behavior. Our focused verse is Luke 13, 16, KJV. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? So special was this story to Luke that he focused attention on how women were often treated or mistreated in first century Judaism. This anecdote is often referred to as the healing of the crippled woman or a woman with a disabling spirit. In the context is Luke 13 verses 10 to 17. Jesus performs a miracle. This is the only recorded case of Christ preaching in a synagogue during the latter part of his ministry. It was customary to invite visiting rabbis like Jesus to deliver the sermon after the reading of the Law and the Prophets from the Biblical Scrolls. Please refer to my recent Digging Deeper article, What Was Moses' Seat? While Jesus was preaching, he noticed a woman bowed over who could not lift up herself. The word in verse 11 for bowed in Greek is a medical term. Luke was a physician, Colossians 4.14, indicating curvature of the spine as if she were doubled over from carrying a heavy burden. Upon seeing her, Jesus immediately set her free from her infirmity by laying hands on her to straighten her, verses 12 and 13. He would not heal her for, from a distance, as he did in other cases. The touch of the master's hand gave her the encouragement needed to stand up straight. Once she did, she broke out into praise to God. Verse 13. Surprisingly, the ruler of the synagogue, who also should have rejoiced, criticized Jesus' action because he had healed her on the Sabbath. Verse 14. According to rabbinical tradition, emergency cases might be given a minimum of attention on the Sabbath, but not chronic cases such as hers. Perhaps this daughter of Abraham had been attending this particular synagogue for the entire 18 years of her infirmity. As a result, her case would not be classified as urgent. Either no one was able to help her, or perhaps even tried. Nonetheless, she continued faithfully attending Sabbath services. This crippled woman had hobbled to synagogue every Sabbath for these 18 years. 
If she had not attended that day, she may never have been healed. Her example is an encouragement to all women that, despite pain and suffering, they go where there will be a reassurance, fellowship, and even blessing among other worshipers on God's day. An unwelcome response. Notice that in verse 14, this ruler angrily turned to the audience to complain that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. Perhaps this was his pious attempt to discredit Jesus so he could retain control over this congregation. He considered healing a type of work forbidden on the Sabbath. Verse 14, Jesus retorted that the law permitted properly feeding and watering one's animals on the Sabbath. Verse 15, then Jesus asked a pointed question in verse 16. Should not this poor woman be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath if farmers and ranchers commonly serve their livestock on the Sabbath? A.T. Robertson, in his Word Pictures in the New Testament, explains Jesus' reason for healing her as, quote, a triple argument, human being and not an ox or ass, woman, daughter of Abraham, Jewish, besides being old and ill, end of quote. Verse 17 displays contrasting responses to her healing. The audience rejoiced while Jesus' adversaries were ashamed. This was a culture of honor and shame. The synagogue ruler had tried to shame Jesus in public, but Jesus turned the tables on him by working a breathtaking miracle in front of them all. These critics of her healing were shamed before their congregation, displaying their unreasonable standards of Sabbath observance. A woman of the covenant. At the beginning of verse 16, Jesus referred to her as a daughter of Abraham. This was deliberate because the term son of Abraham was used commonly to stress the worth of men as members of the covenant community. However, the title Daughter of Abraham was virtually unknown because women were not seen as citizens of the nation, but rather as members of their family. Jesus used this exalted title to stress that she was a woman in the covenant community, God's highly favored elect people, since she was a descendant of the great patriarch Abraham. Attending synagogue, despite her 18 years of suffering, indicate she was not just a Jewess, but a believer in the God of Abraham who had made a covenant with her people. She was entitled to the Messiah's blessing. Many Jews regarded women as less important than men. Notice Jesus' contrasting statement of women as explained by the preacher's complete homiletical commentary edited by Joseph S. Excel. Quote, there is great beauty in the behavior of Christ to women, whether it be the woman of Samaria, whose deep wound he probed so faithfully, yet with so light, light a touch, or the child of Jairus, to whom he speaks in her own dialect, holding her hand, or the widow of Nain, whom he bids not to weep, or she whose many sins were forgiven, loving much, or Mary, for whose lavish gift, he found so pathetic, that is touching, an apology. She has done it unto my burial. End of quote. A lesson in loosing burdens. 
The word loosed in verse 16 is used for disease only here in our New Testament, evidently because it referred to being bound by the devil. Jesus argued from the lesser to the greater. How much more important was a human condition of suffering compared to an animal's? Both should be considered acts of mercy permitted on God's holy day. Jesus was Lord of the Sabbath, Mark 2, 28, and therefore knew how the day should be observed. Jesus' critics did not accept him as the God of the Hebrew Scriptures who created the Sabbath. A common belief in Jewish culture was that calamity or suffering was the result of some great sin. No sin is connected to her suffering. Instead, Jesus said that Satan had bound this woman. No reason is given why Satan had done so. She was not possessed by the devil. However, God permitted it as he had permitted Satan's afflicting the patriarch Job. David Guzik, in his Enduring Word Commentary, explains this case at a spiritual dynamic. Quote, We are foolish to think that spiritual issues cause all physical problems. But we are just as foolish to think spiritual issues can never cause physical problems. End of quote. For Jesus, handicaps were opportunities for God to display his power. Jesus displayed complete mastery during his ministry over demons, sickness, and disease. What better day could there have been for this miracle than God's Sabbath? Sabbath observance is not intended as a ritualistic burden, but as a blessing. As Jesus explained, quote, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath, end of quote, Mark 2, 27. Some Sabbath keepers become so legalistic in their observance of the day that they forget the original intent was to provide rest, rejoicing, refreshment, and renewal for humans and animals during this holy time. It should be enjoyed for its created purpose not as an excuse for gaining more profit or participating in trivial worldly pleasures. Bob Butley's You Can Understand the Bible teaches us a valuable lesson from this singular story. Quote, Jesus exposed this man and all who think like him, plural, hypocrites. The rabbis had great compassion in their oral traditions for the human treatment of animals on the Sabbath. Luke 14, 5, but were restrictive in their treatment of humans. Jesus illustrates the fallacy of the rabbinical system's legalism without compassion for people. We must be careful of our rules. They often become more important than people. People are a priority with God. Only people are eternal. God made creation for fellowship with people. Our rules often say more about us then about God. End of quote. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to Living Education at lcgeducation.org, sponsored by the Living Church of God. <laughs>